G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. We like to check in with Family Voice Australia. Greg Bondar is Family Voice State Director for New South Wales and the ACT. Hi, Greg. Welcome back to 2020. Good morning, Neil. Delighted to be here as usual. Thank you, Neil. <clears throat> we'll get on to what may be the most pressing issue, and that will be the euthanasia vote that's going to happen in New South Wales. But, Greg, I want to start with the election. You've been uh, talking about the election. There's been all sorts of uh, wonderful initiatives from Family Voice Australia. Uh, how do you think the role of faith uh, fits on the political spectrum here? Because sometimes we talk about a left-right spectrum and we wonder where our faith sits. You've been giving that some thought. Yeah, we have, Neil, because as you know, we've got a, uh, a whole range of uh, how-to-vote um, resources on our website. We've, we've been in the uh, newspaper. We've got a very good coverage in the Sydney Morning Herald on Saturday last week. Uh, to do with Catherine Deves and our issues on uh, on uh, religious discrimination. But look, Neil, the political spectrum is an interesting uh, concept because um, when Scott Morrison called the election, you will notice that it was right sort of before Easter. Now, you would have thought that given the major uh, Christian uh, calendar item, you know, being Easter, uh, a lot of the parties, in particular, both leaders sort of tried to avoid getting into social, moral, ethical issues. And, and one of the things that we've noted is that, uh, in effect, you know, you've got to be very careful to not just plump Christians as being politically conservative. They may well be, but I think you've got to also realise that, uh, that the Christian church was involved in trade unions, you know, female suffrage, anti-slavery movement. So, you know, Christians come from both sides, but... Either way, if both Labor and the Liberals, Neil, avoided getting involved in these ethical Christian-type issues on the political spectrum. Uh, so far to date, there's only three days to go. Well, it would seem to me, and you know, if you're a regular listener to the commentators and the sorts of issues we talk about on this program, you might get the impression, Greg, that the formal political parties themselves as they're making their strategies for how they'll stand on various mm. policy issues, you might get the impression they just do not care if there is a Christian position. And that might be reflective of our secularised society, uh, the thought that maybe it doesn't matter about all that religious mumbo-jumbo that people talk about. But there's a certain sense here. Christians, if we don't stand up and vote according to a conscience or make a stand courageously on all these sorts of issues, uh, it'll just continue on. Uh, they will assume that Christians do, uh, that don't matter. Yeah. Now, you make a very good point. You know, I have to tell you, uh, from a political perspective, and I've been there, as you know, uh, from a political perspective, I think you're right. They don't care. But they've also got to realise now that with about 14 million Christians, people that identify as Christians in Australia today, they can't afford to ignore the Christian vote. But having said that, the issue they have is 
neither of the parties, you know, ScoMo or Albo, want to talk about these ethical, moral uh, issues because that will put them into the spotlight and it may force them to say things they don't want to say. For example, Neil, you know, there was no real debate during the election on religious discrimination bill, Christian schools, voting integrity, families. Where were these issues really discussed? Apart from the economic aspects of, uh, of, of the election, these issues were left behind, Neil, and I think they run the risk of alienating the Christian vote because we need to vote according to our biblical conscience. And, and I keep telling people, Neil, you know, make sure, as you said, vote for the candidate and make sure that candidate has a biblical worldview. I feel like sometimes, Greg, those sorts of issues like the religious discrimination bill, uh, that we talk about that uh, very frequently on this program and have done Mm. for years. So for regular listeners, uh, they'll know that these sorts of things are important, not just because it's some sort of a religious issue, uh, protection for churches and Christian schools, but that the freedom of every Australian is dependent on these things. But that seems to have escaped the the major parties, the leaders who are strategising, it seems to have escaped them that there will be people who are interested in the freedom of every Australian. These things are important. Absolutely. And I, and I let both party leaders know, and I've, I've spoken to their officers many times, that, you know, the Christian vote is important, not because we're Christians, it's because we have a view on politics. And don't forget, you know, Romans 13, they ought to be having godly government. So it's important that we express our views Family Voice is very much for family freedom and faith, and we need to let the politicians know. And in point of fact, we continue that right up to the day of the election now. Well, I mentioned in my introduction, and really talking about the sorts of things we'll develop uh, even beyond our conversation today, the thought that somehow people think that elections are only about economic issues. And and I note that some of our leaders, uh, they've resorted to that when they've uh, you know been cornered on some things. Oh, it's all about the economy. Well, the social agenda is incredibly important here, and we're seeing something play out uh, on a state level, but there's federal implications as well. But on a state level, the New South Wales Voluntary Assisted Dying uh, Bill, uh, euthanasia, being debated, and, uh, and there's preparation that's happening even as we speak for a vote on this. What's your update on what's happening in New South Wales? Yeah, now we've been very much involved in this. As you know, Family Voice, I've appeared before a number of parliamentary inquiries. I've uh, also made representation to every MP through one uh, medium or another. The situation is last night they had a long debate. There were 100 amendments that they wanted to put through. Now, the second reading of the bill passed 20 votes to 17. So it wasn't that, you know, by, by a great margin. Now, that was done on the 11th of May. So that meant it now goes to the amendment stage. Now, apparently there were about 100 amendments put forward most of those amendments, I'm, I'm advised from my contact at Parliament House, have been rejected. And there's one more amendment to be debated. And I think they're doing that as you and I speak now, Neil. So we'll see what happens. But the issue here, Neil, is, and the major issue that all the Christians are up in arms against, is that we want to have the right for residents of aged care homes run by either Catholic or Anglican bodies that will have no pressure put on them to adopt the voluntary assisted dying bill, Neil.
There's a very important issue to take this just a little bit deeper here, Greg, and uh, for Christians who are concerned about a split in thinking within Christian ideal and understanding about euthanasia. Uh, the former Archbishop of Canterbury, George Carey, uh, has weighed yeah. in, and I mean, he's in the UK, and he's weighing in to our euthanasia debate here in Australia, and he's come out on a side that supports euthanasia. Mm. What are your thoughts about that sort of interaction with our issues here? Well, look, I, I suspect theologically he's far more, far more knowledgeable than me, but for an Archbishop of Canterbury to come out and support euthanasia, he must be reading a different Bible to what I am, Neil, because this is not on. I know for a fact that all major faiths have unequivocally rejected euthanasia and assisted suicide. So why does a former archbishop, now turned politician in the House of Lords, you know, why are they trying to do this to a Christian community that, you know, is biblically driven? Now, look, I read the Bible, Neil, you read the Bible. It simply says only one and only God can make sure who takes life or who takes it away. Why are we trying to kill people through abortion, through assisted dying, through all sorts of acts? Neil, this is just not right. So I'm, I'm amazed that the church has come out, the church being the Archbishop of Canterbury, and supported this. And uh, we're, we're appalled, actually, and I've spoken to colleagues, Neil. Uh, we've put out a statement saying we oppose this, and uh, I don't want New South Wales Parliament to be let to, to, to believe that uh, all faiths are in support of uh, Can uh, George Carey's uh, position, because we're not, Neil. Well, there's a conservative biblical view of how you might form ideas about morality and ethical stance on all sorts of issues like this. And uh, we would say, isn't that revelation from God, uh, the heart of God uh, that shapes the Christian thought and understanding about how you make a stand on these things? You've got these other mm. Uh, issues around Christianity, uh, which you'd call progressive Christianity, that says we want to reinterpret uh, that biblical truth that's held so firm and turn it in into all sorts of other uh, nuanced ways of, of trying to argue against those biblical truths. That seems to be what's happening there with uh, the Archbishop. Yeah, absolutely, Neil. I think I have to tell you one of the greatest threats that we as Christians are up against are the so-called progressive Christians. Um, I'm actually writing an article on this because that's a great threat to our way of thinking as Christians. They are trying to rewrite the Bible. They are trying to reinterpret uh, a basic scripture, and it's not on. And that's um, uh, one of the unforgivable, unforgivable, unforgivable sins now um, <laughs> to, to try and rewrite the Bible. So really, this is really a danger because, you see, if, if we've got faith-based hospitals, faith-based based aged care facilities. Now, we want to be able to, as Christians, to live out to our biblical faith. We don't want some legislation telling us that we have to be told we, you know, we must kill our patients if they elect to do so. Now, this is a real worry because once that happens, I tell you now, the next thing that they'll attack will be the schools, faith-based schools, and I think we've got to be very careful. We'll keep fighting right up till the... Uh, well, to the vote today, I suspect, Neil. <laughs> That's right. Hey, and this sort of leads into 
another issue that we're facing here in Australia, and that is the potential split in the Anglican Church. And I know, Greg, you're coming from an Anglican yeah. tradition, and this must hurt a little bit because uh, there's uh, there's all sorts of issues here for Anglicans, especially. Yeah, I know. Look, I've, I've sat on the Sydney Anglican Senate. I've been there. It's like the Parliament of uh, the Church, as you would know, Neil. Uh, this is a real issue because, you see, Biblically, Neil, do you know the phrase of the scripture, a house divided will fall? Now, Neil, if we have a system here where uh, the the, uh, National Anglican uh, Synod met in the Gold Coast last week, and what happened there really, Neil, was there was a vote to make sure that the basic scriptural understanding that, you know, same-sex marriage was not on, marriage was between a male and a female. Now, interesting, Neil, that in the Senate passed in the laity, division 63 to 47. It passed in the clergy division 70 to 39, but it failed to pass with the House of Bishops by 10 votes in support and 12 votes against. Now, why are the bishops opposed to biblical scripture. You know, theology tells me, you know, marriage is between a male and a female. And I'm really, you know, really concerned, Neil, as an Anglican, that this will split the church, can split the church, it may split the church, and then we're back to what the Methodists are in the USA, where they find that, you know, once you have arguments over same-sex marriage, uh, biblical uh, concept of male and female, the church will divide, and that is not good for all Australians, and particularly the Christians. You know. <laughs> a little bit disturbing, and some might be thinking, this doesn't look right. And uh, I know you're agreeing with that, this doesn't look right. Ordinarily, if you're going to have some sort of change or challenge to the equilibrium, you'll get some sort of minority at grassroots level and working their way through and trying to manipulate mm. a vote in favour of some sort of change that might be a progressive change. Well, here, you've just described uh, that it's the laity who had the biggest numbers in favour of preserving this marriage uh, between a man and a woman, a family idea. And then the clergy, uh, 70 to 39, you said, uh, in favour of keeping that tradition in place. And then you've got... The ones who you might assume would be uh, calling the shots for a biblical stance, the bishops, yeah, uh, yeah. and and the vote goes against. Uh, two of them abstained. I mean, this yeah. it just looks like it's something turned on its head. Yeah, Neil, this is why I think that we've got a real issue now. As I said, you know, I mentioned my book, Wokeism and Cancel Culture. It is infiltrating not only the corporate sector, not only us as individuals, but it's infiltrating... The churches, we know it. I mean, the Archbishop, a lovely man, Kanishka Raphael, said in, in a statement after the, after the um, Synod meeting that he now calls the situation a perilous moment in the church's history because what he's saying is we need to call these bishops together to resolve this crisis. Now, as you said, you would think the bishops would be in favour of the biblical concept of marriage. Uh, male and female, so why would they oppose it? I suspect, Neil, we're facing the issue of cancel culture, wokeism infiltrating the church and uh, they're trying to appease a small minority 
at the expense of the majority of Christians who just want to follow biblical scripture as we know it. And it's a real issue, Neil, I have to tell you. Is it the end of the issue? Uh, the bishops uh, veto anything that the laity wants to affirm, that the clergy wants to affirm? Uh, is there any other way that you can then approach that uh, in the way that the Anglican governance works? Well, my understanding is with the Anglican governance, now, any uh, agreement by way of policy has to go through the laity, the clergy and the House of Bishops. So they all have to agree. And unfortunately, that was not the case on this particular item. So to reaffirm biblical teaching, but, but, but let me make it perfectly clear that um, the Archbishop has said in summary that, you know, the doctrine of our church has not changed. I think that's right. The majority of the House of the Synod voted to affirm Christian teaching and marriage between male and female. The problem we've got is that the that the House of Bishops are undecided, and I think then that needs to be resolved. Now, Neil, you know, you would think, and you're, I mean, you're a pastor, you understand the situation. You would think that we would have a common congruence of values uh, when we're talking biblical, you know, uh, theology. And, and I just get confused now, you know, saying. Why is the church dividing itself? So I go back to the biblical phrase, you know, a church, a house divided will fall, and we don't want that. So we've got to pray, pray and pray, Neil, to make sure that we can get uh, uh, consensus on this through the Anglican Synod. And I might say it's not just the Anglican Church that's faced these sorts of issues. Uh, I know that the Uniting Church has gone through their own challenges here and uh, all mm -hmm. of denominations are having these sorts of discussions. Uh, but having a biblical foundation, uh, the best way to maintain unity, because if you water that down, uh, mm. you're likely to uh, weaken the whole fabric of what the church is. And then when you weaken yeah. the fabric of the church, just taking this to uh, to the nth degree here, weaken the fabric of the church, it comes under the thumb of an authoritarian government and you have yeah. no separation of church and state. So that's how important that is. Absolutely. Uh, Greg, an upcoming event. Uh, time's yeah. running out. Uh, you've got yeah. another webinar coming up on the 23rd of May. What's this one? Yeah, Neil, as I said, it's on Monday. I cannot believe the response we've had. It's on climate change. Is it a reality or is it a hoax? We're going to have a look from wonderful uh, uh, a geologist and, a, and an expert in, on climate. So uh, Professor Ian Plimmer will be speaking. And as I said, the response has been incredible. Um, unfortunately, it's after the election. It would have been good to have it beforehand, but it was not possible. So anyone can join. Just go to our website and register. Okay, familyvoice.org.au. Greg Bondar is Family Voice Australia State Director for New South Wales and the ACT, familyvoice.org.au. And uh, remember, you can access those resources about how you might see the vote on Saturday. Uh, there are resources there helping Christians understand left and right, uh, the leaders and where the parties stand on the big issues. Familyvoice.org.au. Greg Bondar, thanks so much for your update once again today on 2020. Yeah, thank you, Neil, and God bless. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.